Hello, welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and the insights of some amazing association executives building the industry of tomorrow. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I'm the CEO of Vistacova, a company that partners with organizations on vision, strategy, and amazing governance practices. And it is my pleasure to have with me today, Melissa Garcia, CAE. She is the Associate Executive Director of the Society for Neuroscience. Having spent her career at SFN in seven different roles, Melissa has worked across several functions, including meeting programming and education, process improvement, project management, association governance, scientific publications, science policy and advocacy, marketing and communications, and information technology with a focus on business development, innovation, and program expansion. You should see the size of her business card. She currently sits on the CES board and is a 2016 recipient of the Association Forum USAE's 40 Under 40 and Association Trends Young and Aspiring Professionals Award. Welcome, Melissa. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you. Happy to be here. So with each person that we speak to, of course, by the time we're talking to you, it's because within your career, within your efforts, you've demonstrated you know, success, you've demonstrated excellence. And uh, we know that every person has skill sets and qualities uh, of excellence that allows them to have had that success. And so we love to start with the question, you know, what's one of your superpowers? What's one of the, the places where you shine uh, that has let you succeed? Um, I, I like to say uh, GSD is my superpower. Um, get stuff done. I'll say stuff uh, for this audience today. Um, but I think behind that is um, versatility. Um, and that's kind of the, the skill or the ability um, being who and what your organization needs um, in any given moment. Uh, sometimes that's being a problem solver. Um, sometimes that's being a listener or just demonstrating diplomacy. Um, you can't be a GSD or that um, is always the hammer to the nail. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Do you find that that skill set of versatility, right? Which I, I imagine, well, let's ask this first, does that incorporate a certain amount of curiosity into it as well? Yes, um, I actually like that you asked for one, but um, I think um, part of it is being curious. I've always um, made it a point to understand what's going on in other parts of the organization, how things come together, um, what's behind things, uh, because I feel like, you know, from a, a systems perspective, you have to understand the foundations of something to, to get at any root problem. And so I think with it comes curiosity and um, striving to understand uh, how things connect. As you think about your earlier days of your career, uh, although you've been with what SFN for a good amount of time, is that curiosity, and especially the versatility, right? Is that something that you think was always in you? Is that something that's developed over time? Yeah, I think um, I've always been a little bit of the, you know, curious uh, person. I actually had, a long time ago, the nickname Curious Little G uh, from my softball team. They've, um, but anyway, uh, we won't go into that story. Well, we, we but, always um, look for what to put on superheroes capes. I now know what to put on yours. It's there you go. Um, but yes, I, um, I've always had, I, I like how things work. And I like mm -hmm. to understand the inner workings and, and what's behind things, like I said, and just, um, I think in order to solve problems well, and not just sort of like, in the moment, like the, the, the specific thing that's broken, it's the root cause. And, and you, have to, you have to have some level of curiosity to, um, to, to want to understand how things connect. 
As you think about the teams that you've led over time, do you find that that uh, curiosity or and or the versatility, is that something that's uh, inherent? Is that something you've been able to teach? Like, as you think about those that you've led, it's such a superpower of yours. How has that been part of your teams? Well, I think everybody brings different stuff to the table. Um, you know, if, if curiosity isn't your thing, um, you know, or something that necessarily is inherent, um, I think when you're part of a team and you start to develop your role and, and as a good, if you're a good leader, you, you identify people's strengths and sort of try to shape them into that. And you can't force someone to be curious or, or to, um, you know, want to do the same things that you, you find important or, or useful in any given time. But I think um, leveraging each team member's strengths and, and, and making sure that we're, someone's attending to those areas and, and getting down to the, the core issues and, and, and so forth. I think that's the key. So as you've had a number of different teams over your time in SFN in your career, What's your methodology of how like you discover what someone's strengths are? Like, is there stuff you do in interviews, stuff along the way, right? Like you, you've been in so many different departments and have to oversee, like I imagine there's differentiated strengths that are needed. How, how do you figure out like the people you're supervising, what they are? It's a great question. Um, I don't know that I have like, that I've ever really thought about it as like, a, you know, um, like I have a method that I could speak to, but I think listening is one of the most important things as a leader um, and something that maybe over time I've developed better. Um, you know, when I was younger, I might've thought, okay, there's this way to do it and let's go, you know, you know, off we go, solve the problem or, you know, complete the project, fix the, the issue, whatever it is. Um, but over time, um, and I think actually when I first became a manager, I, I took a course that was really useful um, where it was about situational leadership and the notion that you know everybody is fundamentally different and you can't expect or want or, or wouldn't be useful or prudent to expect everyone to be like you um, and that you have to adjust your style as a manager to um, you know the, the people that you're working with and so I think that was a, a moment for me where it was like I you know I was like my way is a great way to get all these things done. Um, but I had to understand at that point. And I think even if you know these things, that course and seeing it play out and kind of understanding how, um, you know, different personality types and different, um, you know, if it's strengths finders or whatever, it, whatever somebody's general makeup or approach to things, you have to, as a, as a manager and leader, adjust and sort of play to those strengths. So I think it's just listening and trying to understand what makes someone tick and mm. what motivates them and what demotivates them and just adjusting accordingly. You know, listening is a, a skill that I feel like in the leaders that we speak to is often cited. Uh, and I always love to just hear from each person, what is your approach to becoming a better listener, right? Like, especially as you're saying, like, that's something that as a key manager, you had to like learn how to do it. Uh, is there a, a method to the madness of better listening uh, that you follow? I mean, I think it's, it's likely different for everybody. Um, for someone like me, um, I'm a talker and I've always been um, one to sort of, you know, jump in with solutions to everything always, right? And sometimes, um, and, and especially in, in my personal life at home, 
realizing and remembering that not everything's a problem and not everybody's always asking for your um, solutions. Sometimes mm. people are just asking to be heard. Um, I've had to learn that uh, over the years. And um, I think, you know, it's just reminding myself that I should ask, you know, or, or be more um, attentive to why are we here? Is this person venting? Is this person um, wanting to talk it through themselves? And I need to shut up and listen and nod or, you know, have yeah. like nonverbal cues or are they looking, you know, for a solution or um, input or whatever. And so I think just, I, I have to hold back, maybe drink some water, have a sip of coffee um, and just, you know, uh, remind myself that it's not always something that someone's looking to solve and I just need to listen. I love that from your uh, systems mindset, like your, your methodology of like inquiry to establish purpose is like is still within there as well. I love that. It's, it's always there. Yes. So clearly, I mean, this moment in time, uh, whatever the next chapter of society at large, but the association industry in general is, that's where emerging from whatever chapter one of COVID is and whatever comes next in terms of other you know, racial equity, political unrest, all the, all the things. Uh, I'm just wondering what you have seen uh, either in the broader association field or within your team in terms of uh, what differentiated skill sets or leadership qualities are needed in these sort of turbulent and changing times that perhaps weren't as important before. Great question. I think um, what I've observed it, over this, it's been a, hey, we've all been in it together for yeah. 18 months or so now of just insane uncertainty. And the only thing that's certain is that it's a roller coaster of uncertainty. We, you know, the moment something gets better, it's something else gets worse. Yeah. Um, I think what I've picked up on is that um, remembering we're all in it together, remembering that not everybody deals with uncertainty as well as others. And, and people are always looking for something they can control or something um, that feels like, you know, stable ground. And unfortunately we can't always promise that, right? And, and yeah. so let's not lie to ourselves, but at the same time, uh, resilience and being um, honest, as honest as we can. Well, here's what we know, here's what we don't know. Here's where we think we're going, but um, reminding people, um, that we all have to be uh, versatile and, and flexible here and, and adaptable because, you know, as we put forth plans, um, there are factors outside of our control that are changing them as we speak. So it's really just a matter of encouraging people to um, give each other grace. Um, yeah. You know, don't, you know, we cannot be rigid. We have to be adaptable and remembering when someone's having that moment to like give them that moment and, and give them some grace and space. I love the uh, empathetic point of view to that. Uh, that really feels like a equality that we want to see in, in many of our leaders. When you first got started in the association space, accident on purpose, did you fall into it? Totally accident. Um, I didn't even know what an association was to be honest. Um, it was, um, I, I was fresh out of school and I um, went to like Positions Inc or something on K Street. So there I am, 21 year old me, 
Um, I wanted a job, just something to get my feet wet for one year. That was it, one year. Um, and, you know, then I was probably going to do something with my languages and, you know, hopefully do some travel and, you know, something, something like that. And um, they gave me an interview with an association. It was the first and only interview I did. Um, and, um, you know, I, they offered me a salary. I said, no, I want more. They gave it to me. So I took it. And next thing you know, um, I had my first job and it was at SFN. And it was, like I said, it was, well, I don't think I said it. It, it's, it was 20 years ago. Um, and it was, um, like I said, I didn't know what an association was. I had an idea about it, but I didn't fully un understand what associations do and, and yeah. what they represent fundamentally. I thought nonprofit was like, you know, do nice things and I didn't really understand um, the other components of service. So what is it about, I'll say associations at large, well, you can talk about SFN specifically, but like you stuck around for 20 years. What, what is it about like this field, this industry that has made you want to make this your profession? Well, it happened pretty early for me, I think, in that, um, you know, with SFN specifically, um, I happened to be in the meetings department when I started and um, SFN's meeting is huge. It's, it's insane yeah. in, in terms of um, intensity and, and energy. And um, the first time I walked into the you know, convention center and saw what was happening, my, I was just in awe of um, the, the energy in the room. And here are people that are presenting posters that, um, you know, five, 10 years from now become um, a, a treatment or, or could be a big discovery that lead to something that helps Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's yeah. disease, you name it. Um, everything is connected to the brain in some way. And so I felt like I hit the jackpot. Like, you, you know, can you get bigger and better than neuroscience? I mean, at least this is my perspective in terms of you know, uh, I loved the the scientific notion of things, and and I've never lost that passion uh, for the mission and or just what we get to do. I mean, I've sat next to uh, people who, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I won't be able to make it next week because I have to accept my Nobel Prize. You know, it's like, okay, that's right, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, I had a conversation with a scientist yesterday for an organization doing strategy with. Uh, who were talking about the value of the organization. They're like, I find the journal highly valuable. That's where I published the paper, the paper that got me my Nobel Prize. I'm like, that's a great value proposition. Absolutely. Uh, the energy that you're talking about, that, like, that you went in and you experienced in the meeting, uh, as things have shifted, many of them uh, to virtual settings, have you found similar pockets of the same energy or similar energy in that space? I think you can do a lot with virtual meetings. I mean, um, we had to learn that pretty quickly. I mean, so it, in terms of moving these large sorts of things to a virtual environment, um, you know, we've a lot of organizations that had already been doing things, maybe at a smaller scale. Um, I do think there is a little bit of loss of energy in that, um, you know, human interaction and the moment uh, that feeling on the poster floor, you're just not going to get that. Hate to yeah. say on on uh, you know as you're clicking away through booths and spaces on a on a screen as interactive as it is and as cool as you make those avatars, um, you know there's it, it's the human interaction and the ability to um, ch choose a different adventure in a moment and have um, different people connecting. Yeah. I think meetings 
should be here to stay um, and if we can find a safe way to conduct them. And um, I, I th I'm hopeful and I think the industry is hopeful to do that. Well, I, I love the idea if we can actually take a lesson from the virtual space and make our meetings to choose your own adventure in the moment. Uh, that sounds like a fun meeting that would be good to go to. You know, technology, anything's possible. Uh, time's starting to run out a bit, but I'm just I'm curious as you, you know, clearly your journey uh, at SFN over 20 years, over seven positions has been one of growth and discovery of new areas and discovery of responsibility. Where, where do you go to continue to grow? Like continue to learn, like what, what is your milieu? Like what's your, your place uh, that you, you go to, to learn from? So, you know, um, I've, I've read some, I, I, like I try to read as much as I can. I, in terms of, you know, things that are coming out here and there. And, and mostly um, I, I don't find that I have, ha have as much time anymore as, as I did to do some of that. But um, I love getting my little snippets of, you know, HBR in the morning. Um, you know, I try to stay current on um, different types of, you know, management trends. Like, so, you know, I get the um, stuff from McKinsey that I look at as well. Um, you know, I, I love my associations now, daily email. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's mostly um, just trying to stay connected and, and to what's happening in the space, in the different spaces and not limiting myself only to associations because I want to also understand just sort of what's happening in tech and in other places. Um, I also, you know, as much as I can, if I, if I can get to some sort of college level course, um, I'll try and do that or a certificate program and so forth. So last question, if uh, you were meeting Melissa Garcia from 20 years ago today, oh Lord. Okay. what advice would you give her about, oh. right? Like how to succeed and thrive in this field in the coming years? Well, I'd certainly, I'd suggest that it slow down and um, have some perspective. I think um, I, I might've been thought of myself as having the answers or knowing the best ways all the times or, you know, kind of making a lot of assumptions about people and their decisions in a moment. Um, and I think, you know, you get lost in, in sometimes with, in your own kind of tunnel and don't understand the larger perspective and bigger picture that's happening and the sets of connected decisions and why something doesn't always seem, you know, obvious. It's, you know, it's like the answer's obvious, except, and, and you're doing it wrong. Um, that might've been me, you know, 20 years ago and I'd give myself a little smack and say, take a step back, imagine this. And so, you know, and so I think perspective is one thing I would, I would say, but the other on a more positive note, um, I'd say, keep having fun. Um, yeah. I've always thought that if you're gonna spend as much time as you do at work, which, you know, it's as much time as you sleep basically, you might as well uh, have fun doing it. Yeah. Well, the, uh, both the perspective and the fun are, I think, good pieces of advice for all of us to think about and to hopefully put into our days, weeks, months, and year. As always, a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks so much for being on today. The pleasure is also mine. Thank you, Liz. And thanks to Amy, who's uh, been chatting with everyone in the side chat boxes, whether it's live or after. Uh, and to everyone who continues to be part of our community so that we can learn together and grow together. If you know another rock star that should be on, please do send the name in. We'd love to hear from them uh, and to learn with them as well. And until next time, Association Rock On.